Hi, everybody. I'm Jim Ford. I'm Dan Kurtzke. And I'm Chad Bokelman. And this is the Lantern Cast. Episode 102. Yep. We're back. Yep. <laughs> and in the grand Lantern Cast tradition, we're going to say fuck you to episode 101 and just air it when we feel like it. Yep. <laughs> Someday, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's been a long time. Come yeah. On. How Was it a month or two months or... Well, for the listeners, I think it's a little over a month, but for us, I think it's probably close to two months. It's like, within we record 100, like, a month before it airs, so it's been like... Yeah. Not that that long. We haven't talked to each other since March. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, you know, actually, spoken words. (laughs) It's not like we... It's not like I, I just completely... It's like, oh... Yeah, Dan and Chad are dead to me. <laughs> uh, if you could only see the Facebook messages, folks. Uh, <laughs> I'm totally like they're dead to me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, it's not like you know we haven't endured earthquakes and hurricanes and wildfires <laughs> between wildfires. them. <laughs> Have you not seen fire? <laughs> yes, it's all over the news, dude. Oh. <laughs> the Bastrop, which is a city that's like a 45 minute or less drive from me, is because last I heard, the fire over there is six miles wide and 16 miles long, <laughs> and zero oh. percent contained. Dan only pays attention to the natural disasters if they're on the East Coast, <laughs> where they matter. <laughs> <laughs> but supposedly, there's something like 60 wildfires all over the state. Somebody told me that, like a week ago, like there are three states on fire. I wasn't. I didn't realize Texas was one of them. Yep. <laughs> the state. Well, the state. The state is on fire. We don't need no water. Let the mother. Oh, I mean, what? I can't say that on this show. Wait, don't we have the explicit tag? <laughs> no. Dang it. <laughs> why, the, why the fuck not? No. <laughs> <laughs> because then kids wouldn't listen. What kid? Oh. I think Christian is as young as we skew. Oh, we got some some comics to talk about today. Yeah, just some. Just a just like a trade's worth. You know, we're 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 catching up. Basically, we're doing uh, Green Lantern sixty seven, uh, War of the Green Lanterns Aftermath numbers one and two, Green Lantern Corps sixty one and sixty two. Yes. This is this might be one of the last times where all those numbers are different. <laughs> well. Knowing knowing DC's track record with lateness and whatnot, I don't know. You know what? I will be. I won't say completely surprised, but I will be surprised if we get much lateness out of them, like right out of the gate with the with the relaunch. Because like, you know, <laughs> no, no. You know why? You know why I'm saying that? Because of what they've been doing with those other. What was it, what was it like? Suicide Squad or something? There's one of those books I over. I read a story where. They didn't have it done in time, so they fired the whole team and did another team or something like that because they're not messing around with these deadlines. Huh. No. Well, there's that. <laughs> really? That's but, what uh, I heard. But uh, the thing I was thinking of is the fact that, okay, you know, um, it's not this month, but like in a couple months, James Robinson has that Shade miniseries starting. It's like 12 issues long. It's not. It's going to start in like a month or two. They just posted artwork for from issue 8. 
So they're about a year in the can for that. Um, Jeff Johns, like on DC's source blog the other day, was talking about like like tra- his like him traveling around to like Midtown and other places for like the the launch parties for the relaunch books and how like he's got his laptop with like like a whole mess of like Aquaman scripts in it and and like the second year of Justice League plotted out and just I'm like okay you know what they might just have like a head start on this stuff to the point where that we might not have to worry for a little while. Well, they've they've kind of been phoning it in for the past couple of months in, <laughs> in like you know the the dying DC universe continuity. Okay. <laughs> so they just said, you know what, to hell with it. Just throw the random shit out there. Try to wrap up any loose ends you can, but please pour all your best effort into these ones, these yeah. series. Yeah, focus on the ones that matter, folks. <laughs> I mean, that being said, I think the the assortment of books we're going to look at tonight is actually pretty good. Well, except for one issue. Hmm. Yeah. Number, number 62. Well, we'll... well. We'll get to that. We'll get there. We'll get to that. All right, so <laughs> should we start? Who wants? Jim, do you want to talk about 67? I will absolutely talk about 67. Okay, the conclusion to War of the Green Lanterns, uh, Green Lantern 67. We got uh, Jeff Johns and Doug Monkey. Um, and now this is uh, taking off from the last part of the war where Finally, everybody is no longer under mind control. You know, so you have all the Green Lanterns going up against the Guardians, who have been taken over by entities, but that's not really going to work because they're all Green Lanterns and the entities are all, you know, emotionally bound. Hal gets the idea. Well, we got to get the other, you know, members from the other cores out of the uh, the Book of the Black. So <laughs> he has Kyle draw them out. Literally, <laughs> it's uh, it's much like the. There have been a number of shows in the past where, or movies where, like a kid, you know, writes a book, and like those things start taking place. Well, that's kind of like the same effect here. Kyle draws a page in the book um, of all the other, you know, people that got sucked into the book, popping out, and uh, automatically they start popping out. Their rings, you know, head towards them as they're, you know, now out of the book again, uh, but are quickly diverted to Krona. Like, the first thing that he does with all of his rings is zap, uh, uh, Ganthat. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, it's been a while since I said his name. <laughs> yeah, he zaps Ganthat, and, uh, that's the last we see of him for a little while. Um, yeah, so, and it, things aren't really going too well for the heroes, and, uh, I don't know, it's like you got Hal and Sinestro fighting side-by-side against Krona, and then all of a sudden, out of the blue, or out of the green, rather, Sinestro gets a Green Lantern ring. Now now that he has a Green Lantern ring, you know, him and Hal, it's like, you know, it's like, now we can turn the tide, let's, uh, you know, let's do this. <laughs> and they, they start, you know, you know, really amping it up. Um, you know, Krona's like, it's like, you're... You're, you guys are foolish, you know, you can't, you can't stop me, you know, I'm immortal. <laughs> to which Hal Jordan replies, no, you're just old, and he kills Krona, zaps him right through the chest, kills an immortal guardian with a Green Lantern ring, 
something that should be completely impossible, but it, it happens. Um, and it's it's fairly believable. We'll get into that later. Now that Crone is dead, all the rings fly to uh, their actual owners, and all the entities, you know, pop out of the uh, the guardians. They hightail it out of there. Everybody's wondering why Sinestro has a ring. Uh, the guardians are very curious about it. But uh, before they address that, they got to get to the issue of uh, Hal Jordan. You know, he just killed a guardian. Um, they don't really want him around. So they zap him back to Earth without a ring, and that's how we close the issue. So what do we think of Kyle drawing people out of the Book of the Black? <laughs> you know, like I said, it's happened in so many like movies and, and cartoons and stuff like that, that that's an actual like plot device that, even though it's kind of crazy, I've seen it happen before, and with the Book of the Black, you, you, you kind of believe that it is possible. You could also argue, I guess, this is a very DC thing to do. Because it's like, a, it's high concept and weird. But it kind of, you know, it doesn't seem outside their their uh, realm of possibility. Right. The thing that it made me think of, like, did either of you ever see, like, it was in the comics, the original Ninja Turtles comics, but it was also, like, turned into an episode of one of the various series where um, it was a, it was a tribute to Jack Kirby, where, like... <clears throat> Like, there's this this guy named Kirby that Donatello meets, and, like, he found this magic rock or something, and he tied it to his pencil, and anything he makes becomes real in this other dimension, and they go there, and they, they have to, like, fight again. It, it's basically, like, like blatantly supposed to be, like, the new gods and all the stuff that Kirby created in his <laughs> lifetime, and, and, like, he eventually, like, draws Donatello home, and... and but he decides to stay there in his with his uh, work, and it's it was, it's a nice like one issue thing if you can find it or if you can find the episode. Well, that's that's also like uh, the magic chalkboard cartoon. Kid has some magic chalk and uh, whatever he and like he can draw like a portal into a chalk world. Yeah, it, it was it wasn't a series, Dan. It was just like a one a one and done cartoon. You can probably find it on YouTube. It was done in, like, the style of, like, Goodnight Moon and all that stuff. No, that was a TV show. Are you... No, it wasn't a series or anything. Yeah. No, Absolutely. You're kidding me. Yeah, the the kid with the chalk, the magic chalk. Yeah, that was absolutely a series. I don't think so. Mm-hmm. Well, mine's all right. because it has ninjas, all right? <laughs> oh, absolutely. But, yeah, like I said, it's... It's been done a number of different ways, and, uh, you know, when when the book or pencil or something like that is supposed to be, like, magical or mysterious or whatever, you know, it can be somewhat believable. And hell, they remembered Kyle's an artist, so go them. <laughs> yeah. You know, you know what my favorite part of this issue was? What? We finally got Indigo's name. Yeah. And... <laughs> and I like how it was done because it's just kind of in the in the realm of the rest of the names. So it's kind of like, all right, you you fanboys have been out there begging and begging for her name. Well, here it is. Now that you know it, what the hell are you gonna do with it? It means nothing, does it? Doesn't yeah. matter. Ah, the hell with you. <laughs> now, do we are we pronouncing this? Is it Iroke or Iraq? <laughs> I, don't, I don't think that's Iraq. <laughs> 
Her last name is Z. Iroke? I don't know. I rock Z. Whatever. Uh, um, yeah, back it up a few pages. <laughs> when you actually look into the Book of the Black, you see... Um, oh, yeah. You see Hal Jordan proposing. Is there more to that sentence? Well, I oh, mean... Yeah. <laughs> Carol, Carol, Carol really looks like she's about to say yes, doesn't she? Yeah. It's like that's her fantasy or something like that, or... Her fancy is to say no. <laughs> you know, something I didn't notice until when I was reading this issue to possibly do the review, I wasn't sure. But same same page. No, not same page. Yes, same page. I don't know. Hold on. Um, same it's page, there. only not the same page. Pa- page before that, sorry. The last two panels. Hal's actually got the rings in a little bubble by his side. Yes. Uh, how's he controlling them? Because don't they go and find another bearer, or what? Or do they somehow sense that they're not dead and in the book? Yeah. And just not going anywhere? That's probably... Like, they can't get to them while they're trapped in the book, so they're probably just kind of idle. No. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, because... We saw what happens when a when someone tries to stop a green lantern ring from going somewhere. I mean, yeah, yeah guy, guy was able to control it or whatever, but it was it still requires a lot of effort. So yeah, we'll go with the fact that they're right there in the book and it's mysterious circumstances. Or hell, okay. or hell, the fact that this is they're being held back by the guy who, like six pages later, murders a guardian. So he could probably hold the rings. Yeah. Yeah. Well, also the fact that he's fighting everybody off while still containing these rings. I like to think that they're kind of struggling in that little thing to get out, and he's controlling them and fighting at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> um, what you call it? When uh, when Krona has Hal like wrapped up by all the guardians, um, you know, when he's giving that speech to Krona, and yes. you see Sinestro, you know, he's got that look where he looks like. Uh, Kind of looks like Magneto, actually, from the X Men movies. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, Sir, Yeah. <laughs> right then and there, that final panel, like that's that's where the change happens. And yeah. if you notice after that panel, if you look at Sinestro's eyes, they're no longer yellow after that. Yeah, they're not. It's like like Hal Jordan broke through to Sinestro. And all of a sudden, it's like, you know, like he convinced him that maybe fear isn't always the way. You know, that willpower, you know, might have its place over over fear. Well, that's true, because in the right after they bust out of the book, there's two panels where you can see his eyes and they're yellow. Exactly. Well, I mean, this, if, if anything, like this sequence on this page, you know, while Hal's monologuing while being eaten by snakes, is like... <coughs> It's like where Sinestro just flat out, like, like if you want to point to a moment where we can say, like, okay, Sinestro respects Hal Jordan. This is it. Because, like, like what, like what's what's look? This is Hal Jordan saying to Krona. He's like, I uh, he's talking about the Guardians. I don't fight for them. I fight for what's right. I fight for the ideals the core embodies. I fight for the potential the core has. 
you could have that word balloon pointing at Sinestro and have that exact thing come out of his mouth. Like, these two are on the same page. They just treat it differently. And I think Sinestro had a moment of, oh shit, he believes what I believe. So, I, I guess the, the biggest, uh, <laughs> the biggest event in this whole issue is Hal Jordan killing Krona. Yep. I guess. <laughs> Which really pisses us, uh, Atrocitus off. Yeah, as he's gripping his chest because he doesn't have a ring or a heart right now. Shouldn't he yeah, be dead? I like how he's like in uber pain, but he's still <laughs> screaming out because he's his revenge. He wants the revenge so bad. Yeah. Like and and before they get their rings back, you can see on that panel he's on the ground. Yeah, and speaking of just before they get the rings back, you get a a neat little insight with uh, Iraq and uh, Larflees, where um, Indigo is uh, you know asking where is Abin Sir. And Lara Flees is, uh, he's afraid of the orange ring. Yeah. And, and above that, the, I'm, I'm, I, I said it on the forums and I, I'll say it here, but yeah. the second I saw the entities escape and everybody screaming free, I was reminded of Superman 2 when uh, <laughs> General Zod and his two companions busted out of the Phantom Zone and just, free! <laughs> nice. <laughs> <clears throat> I mean, really, the only thing about this issue I hated was the last page. I don't know, it's just, it's like, it's Hal Jordan showing up on Earth, just looking straight at the reader, saying, this isn't how it's supposed to end. Like, like you, they had an opportunity here to go out on such, like, an emotionally powerful note. If it was just, like, he appeared on Earth, saw his, like, saw his hand like he does, and then, like, the final panel is just, like, a little pulled-back shot of him just looking down, defeated. Like, that would have been so much... Because, like, this is supposed to be a tremendous deal that he got kicked out of the core, and it's, like, it ended more corny than anything. I think it is a big deal to us, specifically, because the last time they the Guardians took something from him... I mean, you know what happened there... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good call. Yeah. I don't know. I just feel like I like like the Hal Jordan in that last panel doesn't look as as like affected by this as he should, you know? It's just like I don't know. Well he's he's that's his gut reaction. He 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 should be affected. He's affected for half a second, he's staring at his empty hand. And then he gets pissed off. <laughs> yeah. But either way, like, this was... I, th- I think we're all in agreement. This is a really good issue, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, I think the art could have been a little de- more detailed in the backgrounds, but otherwise I liked it. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. But, like, like how... All right, well, War of the Green Lanterns is over. This issue was great. What do we think about this storyline just as a whole? I like it. I just, I don't, I, I haven't read it all together yet since I, since I got this issue. I read it all together probably two issues before this, but, I mean, I liked it a lot. Uh, it, I think uh, it's pretty cool having all these rings going on and all the colors and all the entities. We haven't seen that much color in a Green Lantern story since Blackest Night. Yeah. And I really like seeing all that color. 
Who was the colorist on this? Um, Alme? Or was Alme one of the... Let's see, where is Colors. The... Yeah. Gabe? Um, no. No, Colors. Gabe Eltaia? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I'm not even going to try that last name. And Randy Mayer. Hmm. Gabe somebody like and Randy Mayer. <laughs> yeah, Gabe and Randy. Yeah. Oh, and just while we're on it, the it was written by Jeff Johns, penciled by Doug Monkey, and inks by Alme Champagne and Nugian, whatever, and Irwin. Yeah, a lot of inks because there's a lot of crap going on. And this 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 uh, issue is bur- so bursting, full of color, as Chad mentioned. They needed two people to color it. Yeah. Yep. And I'm, I'm just speaking of colors because the reason I asked the question. Was, and I said this on the forum, I was so disappointed in how they they went about finally paying off the whole the whole concept of, okay, which of the Earth Lanterns would get which color ring and why and what would that mean for them? Because that that's something that we've been talking about for the entirety of the existence of this podcast. Like, we started with Rage of the Red Lanterns. That's when the emotional spectrum first started to erupt. And it's like, and it, especially I look back on like, like, like the first time Hal got a red ring, or the first time he got a blue ring, or the first time Guy got a red ring. Those events were, they felt like a big deal because they meant something. Yeah, like regardless of anything else that was going on, like Guy got his red ring in the middle of Blackest Night. So even though Blackest Night was in full effect, the fact that Guy Gardner had a red ring was fucking amazing. And then here we finally get, like, what we had been building to with that whole thing and all that wondering speculation. And, yeah, maybe it's partially our fault for for putting so much of ourselves and our thoughts into this that there's no way it could live up. But it seems like, you know, with the exception of Tomasi doing some subtle stuff in the the Emerald Warrior issues, it was, it was just so, like, it ended up being bland. I was like, I was like, that's it, really? And now it's gone. Okay. That was that was crappy. Yeah, but for one thing, the circumstances for people getting the rings prior were like actual genuine circumstances. Mm-hmm. Um, like when Hal gets the red ring at first, like it's you know he's he's seething with rage. And at that moment, the red ring happens to claim him. Um, you know, like, right now, the, the war that they're in now, it's like, well, the rings are available, but they're all, I mean, like, aside from the fact that they're caught up in a war, they're not, like, they're not boiling over with emotion. They're all fairly, you know, level-headed mm-hmm. Because they're not taken over by Parallax. So without that that push, when Guy Gardner got, you know, the red ring, there was a red ring flying around and, you know, he was like overcome with rage over the death of Kyle. Um, we didn't have those circumstances here. You know, it, it wasn't like there was a blue ring floating around and Kyle, you know, it's like he had given up on everything else and just put everything into hope and at that moment you know the paths crossed and it was this amazing 
you know, hope explosion and you get all these cool hope-related things. It wasn't like that. It was just they're not working with the emotions. They're not – they don't have those emotions powering the rings. They're basically like like Hal when he was using the Sinestro ring in the Sinestro Core War. It's just like, you know, pour whatever you got into the ring and hope that it fires. Yeah, well, you know, I get all that, but at the same time – it it doesn't change the fact that it's like okay I've been I've been waiting for this for three years and then end up with a wah wah <laughs> and, and and you mentioned Sinestro Corps War and I think that's a big part of the problem too that you know everybody's trying to anticipate the next Sinestro Corps War you know like this like like I I absolutely one hundred percent disagree with the marketing of this storyline as an event whatsoever. This was just another crossover. I don't care what anybody, fan or DC, wants to tell me. This was not an event. But they wrote it like an event because, like, what did they do when they wrote Blackest Night? Well, they took all of that all of that intricate cool stuff that we had building up to Blackest Night, where each power interacted with the other in a pro or negative way that really mattered and was really specific and that's what all of those stories were kind of about. And then Black as the Night comes, they're like, you know what? A lot of people are going to be reading this who never read those stories, so we're going to throw that out the window for the purpose of this story. And then, this, and that's what we got here with this, with the, with the whole like, it, we got like the watered down version for the sake of accessibility for a storyline that was just a storyline that they wanted to market as an event because of what Sinestro Corps did. I mean, I, I think to some extent that's a valid criticism. Uh, the only thing that I can possibly, you know, counter is with <clears throat> the idea that they're starting everything new again. Um, the Green Lantern continuity is supposed to be roughly the same, but... I'm playing roughly in Air Bunnies. <laughs> yeah, yes, Air Bunnies. I'm saying Air Bunnies and Air Bunnies. Uh, what do you mean roughly? I th- isn't it supposed to be exactly the same? Yeah. It's impossible. Yes, it is. No, it's not. What? No, it's Why not. Listen, no. That, you know, okay, hold on. You know there is no way they're going to change a damn thing about their best-selling title. And it, if you look at the plot lines for each and every one of those stories... And, and what details we've gotten, however little they may be, there's not a thing in there I've seen that's changed. Chad, have you read JLA 1? Yes. Then you yeah. already know that they're changing Hal's personality. Okay, his personality is one thing. Storyline is in history is something completely his, different. J, Jim, JLA 1 gives us a snippet of Hal's personality five years ago. Right. Yes. What I'm saying is that... For the most part, the continuity is going to be the same. Just like with Batman, I think for the most part, the continuity is going to be the same. However, I think that there will be tweaks here and there. Because you can't you can't tell me that you're going to restart the universe and you're going to have tweaks everywhere except with Green Lantern. No, not, not except with Green Lantern. Green Lantern is staying the same. Batman staying the same. The entire Bat family staying the same. No, that's not no, true. No, that's no, not true. No, Bats. No, look, they're saying they're saying the same. Like when I say staying the same, 
I'm talking about like they're not pressing like a magic reboot button and like like they're not doing to Batman what they're doing with the Superman family. Oh no, and you know? I'm not saying that. And and you know and they keep saying and Gail Simone who's writing the book keeps saying that they're changing Batgirl like what happens with Barbara Gordon is like a story reason they're not getting rid of anything that happened to her in the past either. No, I've read Batgirl one today. By the way, I'd, I'd tell you what happens, but I don't oh, want to spoil don't. it for any of our listeners. Don't tell. No. I mean, I'm, I'll tell you why she's walking. I mean, but I'm not. I'm not. Yeah. Um. No, I'm. And I'm not saying that that hmm. they would do that with Green Lantern. I'm just saying that I think you're absolutely going to notice some minor changes here and there, like, um. Well, like, look, like, and we're not gonna spoil Justice League One, but no. like in in Justice League One, we got to see the first meeting between Hal Jordan and Batman. And okay. God, it was glorious. It it was pretty cool. And but you know that right there, you want you want to talk about what tweaks we're getting? Okay, Hal Jordan and Batman now met this way, whereas I think the first time around. They just kind of walked into the same room, said, "Hi, I'm Green Lantern. Hi, I'm Batman," and now they're on the Justice League together. <laughs> All right, so like that, like they're like that, and honestly, that's something that doesn't even matter. It's like you want to tell me, okay, that's how they met. Fine, I don't care. Right, but what I'm getting at is that, for instance, Tom's friend Pieface. Tom is Pieface. Tom's <laughs> uh, friend Tom Pieface. Yeah. Um, yeah, <laughs> like they're they're reconning him into two people. That is different. No, no he's got schizophrenia now. <laughs> like I I would imagine that they are going to make some tweaks to him to make him a more relevant character as a sidekick to Hal. It's it doesn't matter to the majority of stories out there. Except, you know, it is a minor tweak to the continuity. Yeah. That's why I say, for the most part, the continuity is going to be the same with, with Green Lantern. But I do think that there will be tweaks. Yeah, but what's the big deal? Like, Jeff John's entire run has been minor tweaks to the continuity. I mean, you want to talk about Tom, what, find me a present, like, a current era comic where they, like, flashbacks included, where they've ever referred to him as Pieface. You know, like, that's one of those where, like, you know what, we're just not, even in the flashbacks in his origin where they would have called him that, we're just not going to call him that, we're going to call him Tom. Well, they they did make one reference to the pie face thing in this, this run. Yeah, which is, like, and that was basically a shine a light on, like, why you shouldn't do that. Exactly, and like that's, right. That's, like, because th- this is, like, I keep calling back to Green Lantern Rebirth and, like, the things Johns did there. Like, that's, what they did there is what they're doing to the DC Universe, you know, it's. It's, it's it's it'll be more extreme in 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 uh, spots, but we're basically like you don't have to worry about oh my god which of my comics are is now going to be invalid because Green Lantern is getting restarted oh my god no no yeah yeah I'll agree with that because while they may have and again not spoiling but again while they may have changed a certain certain things so we're that, uh, Barbara is Batgirl again. They didn't get rid of anything. I won't tell you what happened, but that they didn't really get rid of anything. So I know, like one big one, everybody's been latching on to is the whole like, oh my god, is Tim, 
is Tim Drake not a Robin anymore? Is his time as a Batman sidekick going away? And what's because he has this costume now? And oh my god! And the, and like it, I don't even know if the issues come out yet. I get my bucks at the end of the month, but like, like the whole deal with him is like, yeah, no, he's was still all that. He's just changing his costume, like he has before three times. So it's a, it's they're they're changing like when that particular group of Titans got together. But they're not like getting rid of the Titans' legacy. They're not getting rid of Tim's history. He's still a Rob. It, it's ah, this whole thing. It's like it's like we're looking at puzzle pieces and trying to see a whole picture when we don't have all the pieces we need. Yeah, we've been arguing about this for so long now that I can't even remember what I was trying to get at. <laughs> Sorry, my fault. Um. But no, I, I guess what I was trying to say was that with this with this new universe, the Green Lantern continuity is going to be, for the most part, the same, aside from minor tweaks, which, I mean, I, I, I think that the only, you know, things that they'll do is to make it more modern and, you know, try and appeal to a, a newer audience. Can I tell you? Let me tell you that I think, I think, there will be one major change to Green Lantern history, and it's one that won't even affect things that much. That much, <clears throat> and that is Alan Scott, because they re- they announced just this past week. I think it was at Fan Expo actually in Canada. Earth. Earth yeah, one. or Earth Two. There's Earth going two. to be a JSA book. Jacob, and it's going to be set entirely on Earth 2. So I don't know if that means that Alan Scott was never in the same timeline as the Green Lantern Corps, or maybe he was, and this is just... Because before all this, like years ago, they established that the multiverse has an Earth 2 that has its own version of all these characters. So maybe it's just a book about them. It has nothing to do with the Alan Scott from this world. Well, if that's true, then the the whole concept of Jade comes into question. Yeah. No, it doesn't. Really? How, how, well, if, if, if there's an Alan Scott on this new DCU, and there's an Alan Scott on Earth 2, then the Alan Scott of our DCU Earth had a Jade. If there's he's saying an like, Alan Scott. He's saying if Alan Scott entirely as a concept is just Earth 2 exclusive now. Oh, yeah. okay. That, okay. That means... And yeah, and who, who mentored Kyle and all, yeah, all yeah. that stuff. Yeah. Well, so, like, they, something they used to do every single year like Clockwork was have, like, the Earth 2 characters cross over to Earth 1 and team up with the Earth 1 characters. So all they, they, they could give, just say, like, have, have one panel where Kyle says, yeah, no, a few years ago I started dating this chick from another universe. It's kind of weird. Sometimes she vacations here, and then there, right there, it's fixed. <laughs> yeah, that that would be weird, though. Let's let's please move on. <laughs> All right. Okay, we're done yeah. with the War of the Green Lanterns. Any final thoughts? Land's no. Over. Oh, yeah, that's right. Um, we were talking about our thoughts on the War of the Green Lanterns. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Reboot, <laughs> relaunch. Oh, um. Wow. Yeah, wow, that... I already said what I liked. I like all the color being back. Quite a tangent yeah. there. 
yeah, I, I thought it was good. God, man, do you, we were, we've been talking on a tangent for so long, I completely <laughs> forgot what we were talking we've got, about. We've got four more issues to color, cover, guys. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, God. Okay, A War of the Green Lanterns, buy, borrow, pants. Ooh. I don't... Bar, borrow. I never understood what that scale meant. All right, let me, let me explain this to you. A while back, like a couple years back, the... Uncanny X cast guys guest starred on Comic Geek Speak because they were doing like a State of the X Union kind of episode, and they said they're like, "Oh, let's bring on the X cast guys." Pants, Brian Christman, right, has been on our show before, at least in spirit. He did not show up to the show because he doesn't read any Marvel except for Daredevil, but he didn't he doesn't read X Men, so he didn't show up. And then one of the hosts of the X-Cast say, like... like cause, and then they go, like, all right, we're going to rank each of these books. So it was a buy, borrow, or pass. And one of the hosts of the X-Cast, uh, Rob Briscoe, says, can we do a buy, borrow, pants? Because pants doesn't... You know, that's where that came from. Okay, so the pants means you don't want it. Yes. Uh, pants okay. equals pass, okay? <laughs> I, I am... If we were just ranking this one issue, it would be a buy... But the event, as, the event as a whole, the storyline crossover as a whole, is a is a borrow. Yeah, taking into consideration how much a trade would be, how long it takes for it to get out into paperback form, if you see this hardcover, definitely a borrow. I agree with that. Uh, yeah, this is one volume, too. They're doing, like, one... <laughs> they're not, like, splitting this into two. This is going to be, like, a ten-issue trade or something. Damn. Yeah, which will mean... At least twenty bucks. Well, if they're doing the entire thing in a trade paperback, when that part finally comes out, that's definitely a buy. I would say. Yeah. There's a lot of cool things that happen. I mean, it, I would say that there were definitely times where it seemed to get kind of drawn out. Oh wait a second. No, I'm thinking of the whole thing where the start of Krona and everything like that. No, that yeah. shit was awesome. Yeah, no, no. I'm so, like we're we're talking about like like as of War of the Green Lanterns Part One. Yeah. Um. Well, Prelude isn't Prelude in the mm-hmm. trade? Maybe I don't know. Okay. Anyways, go ahead. Yeah. Go. I then I, I I would say borrow. Yeah. Awesome. Went out on a bang with this one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But this issue oh, is a buy, definitely. Oh, sorry. Absolutely. Last thing, monkeys art. Has it been getting better for you guys? I think it's been getting better. For, either it's growing on me or getting better. I can't tell which. <laughs> I liked it a lot in this issue. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's, I, I've, I've always, you know, enjoyed it to, to some degree. I think yeah, but that, your favorite your favorite issue of Monkey's Art is the Black Lantern or the Black Hand issue, though. Is it? That's mine. Yeah. Oh, Dan's. Sorry. Yeah, that's Dan's. <clears throat> that's like my favorite issue of Green Lantern. Period. At this point. That and the right. atrocity. What I really want to see these two do is just, just say screw it to the stories and just do like a month, like a year of like, one shot, character studies of the villains because like, like Rage of the Red Lanterns. Well, no, I mean like, <clears throat> like I want to see like Jeff Johns and Doug Monkey just go to town on each villain for an issue, like because that Black Hand issue and then later on that Atrocitus issue, those are, those are just. Hands down, those are like some of my favorite books out of the current era of Green Lantern. Okay, so Green Lantern Core sixty one. 
Are we doing that oh. or aftermath? Well, let's save aftermath till I'm dead. Really? Yeah. Te- te- technically, technically, sixty one takes place between, um, well, somewhere in the middle of issue one or two of aftermath. Oh, yeah. Alrighty. Yeah. Because you can still see Mogo bits floating around in the background. Mogo bits. It's <laughs> like a, a an awesome cereal. It's like this doesn't look like Mogo. It used to. <laughs> Four more issues, guys. Yeah. Come on, let's go. All right, who's summarizing this one? I I can rock this one if we go and do it quick. Rock it. Okay. Uh, Green Lantern Corps 61, this one's written by Tony Bedard. It's uh, drawn by Daniel HDR. Um, not entirely sure how to pronounce that. I'll try. Heard. Um, <laughs> this issue, you have all those... Um, the, the Green Lanterns that Mogo kind of deputized uh, last minute under the control of Mogo... Um, you got like thousands and thousands of, you know, rookies that should never have become Green Lanterns that, uh, got rings and were instantly controlled. A bunch of them, most, most of them are giving up the ring because they, they feel, uh, like they didn't deserve it and they never should have got the ring. But there's this one, this Quirina, who... She's the first one from her race to be chosen to be a Green Lantern, and she doesn't really want to give uh, give the ring up just yet. So uh, she, you know, she flies off instead of giving up the ring. She seeks out John Stewart because he's the only person uh, that everybody dislikes more than her because she won't give up the ring. And you know, John's talking to her for a minute, and uh, all of a sudden she gets a uh, emergency call flies off, John, you know, goes to help her, and, uh, it's basically, it's, it's kind of, you know, Tales of the Core kind of stuff, where you get, like, a, a fun Green Lantern tale, um, you have a interesting scenario, two planets kind of collide, but instead of destroying each other, they fuse together, um, one is a planet, planet of plant people, uh, kind of like hippies, and one is a planet of bug-like people who are all like, kind of like Ferengis in, in that they love business and commerce and making money. Um, and when you fuse a war- the two planets together like this, you got issues because the, the bug people want to, you know, extract resources from the uh, the plant people, and the plant people, it's like, you know, why can't we all just, you know commune with the earth and be happy and everything like that so this this rookie green lantern she just you know goes in full blast starts uh creating a you know a huge battle and it's just not good so john stewart you know heads over to uh, the bug people and uh i don't know i guess he was also kind of uh aside from being an architect he also knows a whole bunch about marketing and whatnot, and he convinces the bug people that they can make more profit by considering the other planet like a giant park. And uh, they go for it when he shows them the profits on a bar chart. 
you know, because a bar chart, you see a bar chart, and you're just automatically convinced it's profit. Um, and yeah, so they they save the day, and this rookie Green Lantern is like, uh, it's like, wow, thanks for you know helping me. I'm you know sorry I couldn't do it myself. John Stewart flies off, and uh, you know he's got he's got one person who at least you know sees things his way, as uh, John Stewart's you know moping around the remains of Mogo. Okay, you totally missed a completely huge part of this story. Batman and Green Lantern fight oh, God, Mr. No. Freeze no, and no. Solomon Grundy. No, that didn't happen. <laughs> I tore that out of my comic. Can I just say, Michael Phelps drawn in as a comic character is the scariest fucking thing I've ever seen. <laughs> he looks like he's on roids. <laughs> he's flying. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you know, like... You know why? Because of the healthiness of Subway sandwiches. Uh, it lifts you up. <laughs> I appreciate the fact that they want to shove extra comic in there, you know, to make it seem like an extra value. But my God, it's just like... God. Hey, you know what? It's uh, This is the modern-day equivalent of the Hostess fruit pie ads, yeah. only with better uh, art. <laughs> Modern day equivalent, my ass. <laughs> okay, so let's never speak of that again. <laughs> <laughs> well, we got a couple more comics with it. <laughs> yeah. They actually have different ones. It's amazing. <laughs> um, Chad, what did you think of this issue? Um, I liked it. I think it gave us something we've been looking for for a while with uh, Green Lantern Core, specifically Green Lantern Core, because this is the Green Lantern Core, and what is the core around for? You know. They're around to do stuff in their sectors. What is the core around for? Torture. All right. Anyways. That's um, you chose to rhyme with it? Really? That was the only thing I could think of. Really? Yes. You've like, got great... You've got gems out there like... <laughs> never mind. I'm not going to say it. got like 50 other words that rhyme with chore. Torture snores. <laughs> You don't need, like, run-on compound words, all right? God damn it. Just go. Whatever. <laughs> okay. But, yeah, it's Green Lanterns doing what they can in their sector. And not only that, a rookie lantern screws up, you know, and John teaches her. I mean, it's 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 senior lantern showing rookie lantern what to do. And it's, it's Green Lantern patrolling their sector. It's stuff we've been wanting for a while, so... I liked it. I may not have liked the story itself. Not quite sure what for. Can't really give you a specific on that. But I liked the basic gist. I like why they did it and how they did it. Okay, so um, this issue sixty one is uh, it's the last three issues here um, for Green Lantern Core. They're all done by Daniel H D R. So when I open this up. Like, uh, the second page, you got this double-page spread with all these, you know, brand-new rookie Green Lanterns handing in their rings because they got them under, you know, poor circumstances. So, I looked at this, and I'm like, I'm like, okay, I know that there are Easter eggs here, but I have no freaking clue what they're supposed to be, except for the slee stack in the, uh, the far left corner in the middle. Um, mm-hmm. 
So I, I knew that one, but aside from that, it was it was kind of tricky. So I did some some searching around, and I found uh, Daniel HDR on Facebook, and uh, I sent him a question asking him, you know, what are some of these Easter eggs supposed to be? And he actually he answered me back and uh, was very nice about it. Um, that's definitely a slee stack on the side. The guy right next to the slee stack with the arm with his arm in a sling. That's his his buddy, who is the creator of uh, Sea Princesses, a show in Brazil. Um, and then all the way on the other side of the page with like that lumbering monster. Um, mm-hmm. Right next to that, you got a little girl with like leaf leaf uh, dress. She's from Sea Princesses. Sea Princesses also, um, and that little guy in the middle with like very little uh, like face recognition. He's from a web comic <laughs> from another one of his friends. So, I mean, like, I thought that, that was awesome because could you imagine like having a web comic or being an artist or something like that? And, like, just being drawn into a Green Lantern comic. That's uh, cool. That'd be cool. Just to add as a, a favor to Daniel, um, if you're going to be at the New York Comic Con, he is taking uh, advance uh, commissions. Um, if you want to get on his advance commission list, go to Daniel HDR, uh, all one, one word, uh, spell his name out, danielhdr.com.br, because he's from Brazil. Slash blog slash archives slash one six five five, and uh, he'll have all the information right there. Um, I guess you could have probably also just go to danielhdr.com.br and search around for it. But uh, yeah, it seems like a cool guy, and I I actually really really enjoyed the art in this issue sixty one. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. I really really like this issue just in general i mean like it's like chad said it's like a good it's green lanterns doing sector stuff which is what they're supposed to do all the time anyway um i think it works perfectly fine as a one shot basically i mean yeah it's it's not completely in a bubble they they took the time to introduce this this new character who i like a lot and i'm I'm just assuming that she's going to be around after this because they took the time to give her a pretty potentially devastating and powerful backstory. Yeah. Um, and, you know, this is one time where... This is one of the few rare times in the last couple of years where, like, we've gotten a portrayal of Jon Stewart where he comes off like a competent, intelligent professional. <laughs> like, like he, he, he swoops in. He stops a war, an interplanetary war, by explaining the national park system. Like, that is, that's so stupid, it's awesome it's it's just it's like it's it's just a really really nice nicely written like like i had to keep checking that tony bedard was the guy who wrote this and he did and the art was awesome and like this just like if you want to read a good john stewart story just read this if you want to read a good green lantern core story read this i was just i was just (laughs) i'm sorry i was talking that splash page jim you were talking about yes I like how they took or, or this artist took the time and knows enough. Check out the style of the uniforms of each of the rookie Green Lanterns. Yeah, they're all exactly the same. These rookies haven't had time to make their own uh, their own variation on their costume. Mm. These the are all part, for the most part. 
Yeah, yeah. I'm just, I'm just saying. And even, even the main character in the story. Yeah. This is a, this is a, it's a rookie uniform. Yeah. And I like how this artist knows that. The one thing, and I love- the one thing that is, I, and I don't know that this is a nitpick or just the way they decided to play this with all these rookies. Um, they all have the emblem. Yes, yeah. it's true. They're all rookies. They haven't gone through training, and they all have the emblem. It's true. Well, they're also not all psycho murderers, but they kind of... <laughs> and that's something I really like. Like, I really wanted to like get in the heads of the controlled lanterns sometime during the war. And they just kind of... Like, when explaining her backstory, like we got to see like what happened on like your typical example of like okay this is this person got taken by a parallax infected green ring and like even said like what did she do she like as soon as that ring landed on her finger and the influence took her she turned on her own people and she said she i must have mowed down everyone in a five click radius like like she's afraid of going home again because she's like they're going to perceive her as a mass murderer yeah most of them most of them ended up doing that. Yeah. Well, you know what you know what I like about her though. It, it, that adds to her mentality as a controlled individual like this. She's excited to be inducted into the Green Lantern Corps. Yeah. Like she's and then the the controlling kicks in. So it's not like you know you're you get selected by this ring and the last thing you remember is what you were doing before the ring got on your finger. The last thing you remember is being inducted into the core, and then you get taken over. Yeah. Yeah, and she, and she wants to keep the ring now, which is, it, it, like part of it's the fact that you know she's she recognizes the significance of being the first person from her planet to be inducted into the core, but also like she really doesn't really want to make make like she wants it to be worth something. That her origin story is basically such a tremendous tragedy. I, like I got like I got a like a similar vibe, a similar feeling from reading this as I did reading like like the introduction of Saranic Natu into the series. Like I I want this character to be like at least semi prominent in one of the books going forward. Hopefully Green Lantern Corps. I think I think probably I don't think <clears throat> that Bedard would like create a character like this <clears throat> to never be able to use her again. Yeah, well, it's it's funny because like, he's, I mean, she's she appears in the art like in crowd shots in a bunch of the the rest of the issues we're going to talk about. So I think they're keeping her in the back of our minds, but I'm just questioning what book she's going to actually be in. Well, think about it. Um, you got Green Lantern, which will deal with what happened to Hal, what's going on with Sinestro. Then you've got the New Guardians book. Which will probably deal with every other thing, and then you got the Red Lantern books, which will deal with all the Red Lantern related stuff. So, really, all that's left is kind of nothing, you know, the Ganthet storyline and what's going on with the Guardians, which is stuff that should be contained in Green Lantern Corps. Yeah. So I think we will get more <laughs> um, Green Lanterns doing sector stuff. Besides the last, the last, I mean, jumping ahead for a second, the last order kind of is from the guardians is go back to your sectors until we call you yeah. <laughs> so okay right. what's what's next in the order the uh, aftermath all right <laughs> you want me to do both or just the first one I'll let's talk about this thing as a whole 
Okay. Nice. Alrighty. Uh, we open where we left off with uh, War of the Green Lanterns. Um, by the way, this is written by Tony Bedard and art on the first one by Miguel Spidolveda, whatever, and <laughs> whatever. And the second, the sec, the second one by Ransom Getty. Um, okay, so we open where we left off in Green Lantern, War of the Green Lanterns. Uh, Hal materializes somewhere outside of Yuma, Arizona. And then we cut back to the Guardians bitching and moaning over the fact that um, Krona was killed. Uh, and the Guardian or the Green Lanterns are around. They're not too happy that they're upset that Krona's dead. Um, and they're also combined with that anger at uh, the way the Guardians are reacting. Is are They're also upset that Sinestro has his Green Lantern ring. Uh, then Kilowog tries to quit, and Salak says, I've got about 300 such res- resignations and more coming in right now. No one's going to no be uh, accepted for resignation today. We're all in an emotional state, and he does like a examination of the mental health of the core, and everyone, including himself, has post-traumatic stress. Uh, the Guardians uh, take Sinestro back to their citadel, uh, leaving Salak outside. Um, and we cut to Ganthet, who's being uh, comforted by the all of a sudden appearing Saint Walker, who then uh, heals his hand or causes or kind of. I, I'm thinking he more kind of causes Ganthet to heal himself by giving him hope, because um, uh, he shows a construct of Sayd, which by the way is really awesome. We haven't seen that in a while. Yeah. Or the Blue, the Blue Lanterns do something like that in a while. Um, and then we cut to a few Green Lanterns confronting Jon Stewart uh, for killing Mogo, one of which looks like Green Lantern Oliver Queen, um, in a way. <laughs> and uh, Kyle jumps up trying to defend him, saying it, was, it wasn't John, it was Black Lantern John. And John says, bullshit, I knew what I was doing the whole time. The whole time. I did it for the greater good. If you're not going to... Uh, help me, you know, clean up Oa, then get the hell out of here. Um, then we go back to uh, the city on Oa, and Sorianic's trying to, being a doctor, is trying to help the wounded, uh, whether they're longtime Green Lanterns or people who were controlled. Uh, this time she's helping someone who was controlled. They're emotional. They quit. They leave. Uh, Hanu tells her, come here, and they... Uh, there's a group of Green Lanterns off in the corner plotting and trying to get her to come in and help them and with the last page execute Sinestro. And something key here is this telepathic kind of, I don't know, <laughs> Professor Xavier Green Lantern um, says that he can read, uh, you're an empath. And no, and I'll just read this word for word. No lantern to what pains me is happening right now. I read deep emotions. They always reveal more than conscious thoughts ever do. When the guardian spoke to us today, I was per- uh, perhaps the only one who sensed the truth lurking behind their guys. They're terrified. They're shaken to the core. They're even worse than we are. They fear the human Jordan, and they they're worried if any of us might end their lives as easily as he slew Krona, which we kind of already knew. But it's nice to have that. That uh, solidification of that that thought. Now the second issue picks up where the last one left off. 
they go and try to bust down the door to the Citadel to take out uh, Sinestro. Uh, meanwhile, Guy, Kyle, and Kilowog are talking about Sora and his problems when Moro interrupts and says uh, that the Guardians are trying to entomb Krona in, this, in the Crypt of the Green Lantern Corps. So those three, plus Moro, go to talk to Salak, and Salak says, I got other shit to do than deal with your stuff right now, So, uh, but I won't take this, this crap anymore today. Uh, and he goes to find uh, Ganthet and sees him with St. Walker, but the Guardians have requested Ganthet's presence. Uh, Kyle gets in the way, meanwhile, of the crew trying to bust in on the Guardians, a stray shot at Kyle misses, busts down the door, and we see the Guardians are basically torturing, kind of, uh, Sinestro, trying to get the ring off of his finger. And they look pretty damn devious doing it. Um, well, they see that the Lanterns are all in disarray. They call another meeting, and they say, you know what? We're not dealing with your crap today. We, we'll try to figure this Sinestro situation out. Uh, you know, uh, Green Lantern on a guard, and staff and alpha core stay here everybody else get to your sectors and do your shit the way you're supposed to do it um they before they all leave a group grab the chunks of mogo fling it into the sun and as a fitting burial and a green lantern emblem appears on the sun's surface it kind of half goes green uh and it's a fitting end um for, for Mogo. Uh, meanwhile, Ganthet takes Krona's body and, through a portal, gives it to Atrocitus on Ysmalt, and that's when uh, the Guardians come in and say, uh, we need to talk to you, and then they make her grab for him, and they look like the children of the corn as they try <laughs> and, as, as they grab him. And that's where we end. They do look creepy. <laughs> that was a that was a great uh, run through chat, I gotta say. Yeah, I'm I'm trying to get better at it. And I was telling the guys earlier, there's only one Easter egg that I could find in all of this. In the very first page of Green Lantern Aftermath number one, Hal Jordan materializes 83 miles outside of Yuma, Arizona. I did some digging. Yuma, Arizona is a real place, as is the other cities on the sign that you see here. Um, Blythe is in California, so I'm assuming they're kind of midway between California and Arizona. Uh, Yuma actually has a Marine Corps air base in it. And if you look at the patch on Hal Jordan's jacket, in the past he has been a member of the Air Force. The patch on his jacket says U.S. Marine Corps Aviation. So... I just, just, I noticed that. Um, I was like, wait a crap. Hold, I mean, hold on a second. This, this, Jordan is in the Air Force. I remember that specifically. So I went back and yes, he's in the Air Force. But on his jacket, it says U.S. Marine Corps Avi Aviation. And there is a specifically, it's not a Marine Corps base. It's a U.S. Marine Corps Air Base in Yuma, Arizona. Well, oh no. Whether it's, it's a, a tweak. Oh my God. Jim. I don't think that's a tweak. <laughs> the sky is falling. I think. I think that Chad was so, so, uh, he hunted down the truth, and I think you, you picked out, like, an artist, uh, you know, thing, them trying to 
make this as uh, as accurate as possible, and they completely missed the core that he was in. Okay. Um. I mean, I have some issues with this art, but uh, I think I think that you like did a lot more research than the artist did <laughs> drawing this <laughs> this particular page. I'm just saying the 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 83 miles outside Yuma, Arizona, and then yeah, but I mean, who's writing it? It's Bedard. He knows. He has to know. You know, and and he isn't knows. he in charge? Yeah, well, yeah, but isn't he in charge of not just the the what happens on each panel, but where it all happens? So to say, 83 miles outside of Yuma, Arizona. Well, it's also that's one of those things that I think is more down to the editor. Okay, I'm just I'm just saying that I thought the Yuma wasn't important until I saw the patch on on Hal's jacket and the fact that it's so crystal clear what it says. <laughs> that tiny lettering, you can read exactly what it says. Maybe Hal and John will both be Marines now, and they were snipers together. That, that's that's kind of what I'm getting at. I mean, there's 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 a couple of like loose end possible maybe doors there but you know that's the only thing i could see like how flies his jet and john's lying on the wing with the sniper rifle yeah that's how that happened <laughs> um for for the first half of issue one mm-hmm. i hate the art especially yeah. saint walker i'm assuming not even especially kilowog when Kilowog been... takes off the ring, he looks like a like just your average dude with a giant weird face. It's weird that he's wearing overalls. But... No, it's not. He used to wear overalls. Yeah, no, he don't? definitely used to wear overalls. But you know what? It's always been weird that he wore overalls. <laughs> I hate Sinestro. Yeah, that's the other thing. Like, the look that this guy gave Sinestro is just... Like, the first time you see Sinestro, it's like... Oh my god. Like, all you see is his chin. Who's who's the raccoon Green Lantern behind Sinestro wearing a Japanese flag instead of a Green Lantern? <laughs> I, I don't know. That's they, a... have, they do have a raccoon, though. I forget what his name is. Bitch. Okay. That's Bitch. No, no, no. No, 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 no. It's Squirrel 2. They have a raccoon. Oh. But... Yeah, and the other thing is, like this this book is written uh, is drawn by uh, you said uh, Tyler Kirkham and Miguel Sepul Sepulveda. Sure, Sepulveda. Um, you can see very clearly where the Tyler Kirkham art takes over, <laughs> and I I, in, I I now enjoy the Tyler Kirkham art. I think I definitely think that kind of art has its charm, but. Yeah. They like whoever was editing this. Let's see who was editing this. Uh, editor Brian Cunningham. Who, this guy Brian Cunningham, like he apparently decided to break up the art duties in the middle of a scene when when Kyle goes to stick up for for John. It's like it starts with the Sepulveda art, and then. In the middle of it, it switches right over to, to the Kirkamart. And, I mean, like, it's very jarring because, if nothing else, Kirkham understands the characters and knows how they're supposed mm-hmm. to look. Mm-hmm. Um, Sepulveda, like, 
judging by certain things that he did, like especially the uh, when he creates the the Sade uh, projection. Um, I, I get, like that. Yeah, and like I but get it's probably the feeling, because of the color. Well, I get the feeling that he he can draw, but he has absolutely no reference for Green Lantern characters, <laughs> and he like put way too much of his own spin on them. So they just everything looks like really weird and ugly. You know where I think I mean this probably doesn't mean crap, considering the the lack of knowledge you're insinuating this the artist has. Um, the page where um, uh, Sorianic tries to go after Sinestro and then tells Kyle to back off. First of all, look at the tattoo under her eye and how completely different it is. And also, who does she look like on that bottom panel to you? Yeah, what page was that? Uh, the page right opposite of the uh, Converse ad. Oh, I see. Bottom bottom panel. Who does she look like to you? Come on. The Converse ad. <laughs> I... I'm not finding this ad. <laughs> <laughs> Were they outside of the Citadel? No, no before outside that. Outside the chamber? The, but before the wait, there's two com, a, a couple of Converse ads. Um, the the <laughs> Superman con, the, the Superman Converse ad. Damn it! Uh, this is an issue too. No, the first one. Damn it! <laughs> <laughs> the page, the page right after where Kilowog says he doesn't oh. want his ring anymore. Oh, yeah, the bottom okay. panel. I don't know who she looked like. Cat <laughs> Matui. Look at her hairstyle and everything. That's eh, not really Cat hair. I. Dude, I think that looks like Katma. Okay. Considering how different Sinestro looks from what we know him as and all this other stuff, I think this looks like, it looks like Katma before it looks like Natu. Oh, so all pink women look the same to you, Chaz? Is that what you're trying to say? <laughs> I've seen what you've been doing for them pink skins and them purple skins and... Uh. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I think you guys are crazy. The art and the, like, especially, like... Like, I'm just thumbing through issue one right now, and, like, I, I really enjoy the art in this. I guess I was just paying more attention to the story the first time through, because I didn't notice when it changed over to Kirkham. And, you know, oh, I, I, I like, I, I mean, this other guy, whatever his face, we don't know his name. I like the fact, like, he's, <clears throat> to me, like, he focuses, like, he, instead of focusing on, on uh, character likenesses, he focuses on getting emotion through, which I think is a lot more important for these two issues than... Because, I mean, no matter... We're going to know who everybody is. And, like, I just... Like, I really enjoy it. I didn't expect to enjoy it. Like, that shot of Sinestro, that that splash page, where we find out that he can't get the ring off and he doesn't want it on. Like, the look on his face just sells that page for me because, (laughs) like, what... Like, he doesn't doesn't even... like, Like, what he's saying and what... You can see, like, so... It's palpable what he's feeling right now. Like, I really enjoy it. And, like... <clears throat> like, it just goes so perfectly with, like, just, like, the shitstorm that's happening on Oa. Cause, like, like when when the, the Lanterns start to call out the Guardians on, they're like, like... Like, hey, why the hell do the humans have to keep bailing you out when you mess everything up? And they're like, we won't talk about that. And others are like, no, 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 you answer that question. It happens every five days. <laughs> Like and this and like that shot where like Saint Walker generates the image of Sade, like that's such like a 
good. Like, and, and you know I'm a stickler for making St. Walker's face not look like a stupid asshole. But, like, this is... Like, I really like that image. <laughs> and oh, like, my God. I mean, they, this whole thing, like, I... What about, like, what about like, after, like, as Sade is fading away, and Gant that has, like, monkey arms? <laughs> he doesn't have those little stubby arms. He's got, like, yeah. really long-ass monkey arms. Yeah. I mean, like, it's not perfect, but, like, realistically, <laughs> this is, this is, and I feel the exact... I'm talking about both artists here. I'm including Kirkham. This is indie art on a superhero book, so it's going to look kind of bizarre. And, you, and like, because like I still equate Kirkham as being like, okay, he's he's basically a '90s image artist drawing a, a present day superhero book at DC. Like, I have not warmed up to him the way that you have, Jim. But in the context of this two-issue miniseries. I liked his art better. I felt it was more appropriate with everything else they were doing. Because, like, this, what is this? Where are these two issues if not for, like, a character study of a whole bunch of people with, like, a lot of, like, post traumatic stress? It's like, this is, this is more of an indie comic miniseries than it is a green, like, a superhero miniseries. The, uh, the group of aliens that went to, uh, attack Jon Stewart, um, the one with the Green Lantern, Queen. Oliver Queen. Well, yeah. Now that, they they all have names, but the the one with the ram on her chest is the one that was uh, created <laughs> yeah. in the Wonder Woman issue. <laughs> the one that you loved. Oh God. Love. I remember it because I hate it. Love. You know that's the 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 aftermath did one thing. It made me sorry for one of the feel sorry for one of the Green Lanterns. Green Lantern Shorm. <laughs> oh. Slug. Well, yeah, because remember back in earlier issues, like one of the first few issues of uh, of Green Lantern Corps, when Guy just blew past Shorm <laughs> to yeah. go talk to the Guardians, and he got them all pissed off. It's like this this dude's one job is to guard the Citadel of the Guardians, and every five seconds someone's blowing past him <laughs> or knocking him out. Uh, yeah. He sucks at his job. <laughs> I, mean, I I like how um when Kyle shows up to stop them from getting in, you know, not only does he block Ceranic's scalpel with a giant game of operation, love that. But like when uh, Vath like comes up to try and like like yell at Kyle, you just, like Kyle doesn't even move. He just like throws his arm out and punches Vath through the wall. He's like like yeah, who anybody else? Yeah, no, that's right. That was like a <laughs> nice badass moment for him. Yeah. <laughs> And you know what? I I won't say even for a second that they redeemed themselves, but I liked like the Guardians at like for the at the end, like at when they start talking to everybody, like they came off they actually did come off as kind of rational and making sense. You know, they're like they're basically saying to everybody, "Look, you're not helping. Just settle down, go but go home, do what it is you know how to do, which you're good at." We will work this out. We're, we don't know what's up with Sinestro. We're gonna find out. Just chill, everybody. And, like, like for those two pages, I'm kind of like, okay, you know what? You can have the Guardians do something that's good. Because, like, up till this point, everybody's getting ready to just beat the crap out of everybody else. <laughs> Did anybody else think, like, 
why the hell are they throwing all the pieces of Mogo into the sun? It's like, why wouldn't you try and, like, collect him back together and see if you could revive him? Well, because they did exactly that already. Kyle mm-hmm. did that. Yeah. He was, yeah, but it's one person instead of, yeah. like... Yeah, but how, how the hell... How the hell does anybody know that, that John's the one that took Mogo out? Kyle was the only one there. Well, Kyle spent like six issues yelling, You killed Mogo! Why did you kill Mogo? Stupid Mogo killer! I'm just saying. I, I will say this, though. Like, like <clears throat> excuse me. When the war was getting ready to start and we knew they were going to have Kyle and John fight, I hated the idea, because, like, there are these two, like, oh, because one's one's the army guy and one's the artist guy, and so they're they're opposites, so they're going to have differences, even though they never had in ten years, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> now, now that they legitimately have that conflict, I like it, and it's, like, because they, they gave it a good reason, and, like, like like John is like John's more like <clears throat> the practical realist and Kyle is is the the hopeful dreamer and it and they have completely opposite views on this one snap decision that had to be made and that makes sense to me like the like them not getting along but kind of wanting to get along but they can't quite get there that <clears throat> like I hope that lasts for a while yeah yeah, like, like, when they first started the war, <clears throat> like, their disagreements didn't make a lot of sense. Well, I, it, was, it was mind control. Yeah, it was completely contrived. It was all plot. But this is, like... Like, this feels like, okay, this is this is where their characters would go after this happened. I thought it was really fucking stupid <laughs> that Salix's ring can diagnose the entire Green Lantern Corps with post-traumatic stress in, like, three seconds. And I don't care if there's precedent or if it makes sense in any way. It was stupid. (laughs) I was really surprised at how good these two issues were. I know I might be alone in that, but I am really surprised. I didn't hate them, but I didn't love them either. These are two of the best Green Lantern core issues I've read in a year. Oh, God, really? Yes. Like, are you kidding? uh, Yes. Um... Post Blackest Night? Yes. Well, I really like 61. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> 61 and kind of 62. Yeah, but, you know. I mean, this... And, and <clears throat> it's funny, like, one of the... For one of the six other times we tried to do this episode, like, I didn't get... I actually didn't get War Aftermath number two until, like, yesterday. So I tried, like, I went around, like, there's this comic shop in Jersey that's, like, a ways away from me, but I got a rides. I was trying to find a, like I'm like okay we're gonna record like tomorrow I should get this issue, and like nobody has it because like these post event wrap up books never sell so every store in Jersey ordered like really low on it and it t- end up being good enough that everybody wanted it so now you can't get it. My comic book shop that I went to today had plenty <laughs> copies of both. Hmm. Well, obviously, it's a failing store. <laughs> obviously, they know how much to order. Well. Well. Shut up. All right, you want me to do 62? Of course. All right, Green Lantern Corps 62, but by the same people as before. It opens a little flashback to uh, 
Sins of the Star Sapphire, where uh, you know Miri is showing that Kyle and Natu love each other, but not really, kind of half. <clears throat> and then it cuts to the present, where Kyle's kind of looking over the sun at the the Mogo Memorial, and and Tomar shows up, which is cool because he doesn't do a lot. He shows up in crowd scenes, but you know it's nice to hear him talk sometimes. <clears throat> then all of a sudden. The universe explodes, and Kyle is sucked into a star sapphire vortex, and, and you know, Tomar, he, he jumps in to save his buddy, because they're buddies now, I guess. <coughs> and they land on this planet, where, you know, it's all, it's, it's filled with destruction and fire. I think they landed in Texas, actually, because there's fire everywhere, <laughs> <laughs> and nobody's putting it out. And there's Miri, good old Miri, and... You know, Serenic Natu's there, too, because she the exact same thing happened to her. And they're both wondering, like, what the hell? Why are we here? And then Miri just <clears throat> just goes batshit crazy on them and starts shooting everybody and attacking, and it's all, it's a bad time. And, and you know, Kyle and Serenic realize that, hey, we have to put aside our differences to to fight this menace and stop her from menacing more menaces. <laughs> and and Miri's like, oh, snap, I wanted you to do that because I made you guys fall in love before, so we're tied together because of bloop, 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 bloop. And then they're like, yeah, well, no, because I didn't actually see Saranic in your tiara. I saw Jade. And she's like, uh, what? And then things aren't that great for them anymore. Cause, you know, Saranac flies off, all pissed off at Kyle, and Kyle's all disappointed and pissed off at himself. And I imagine the population of this planet is pissed off that their city got blown up for this to happen. And that's it. <laughs> there are two things I loved about this issue. I wanted to Kyle know- and Kyle and Sora are finally over. That's is one. That- Alrighty. <laughs> What's the other one? Um, that Jim makes loud noises with his mic. Uh, nah, nah. That would make the top three, though. But yeah, Jim, I liked two things about this issue. Well, I really liked two things. Chad nailed one, that uh, Kyle and Saranic's retarded, bastardized excuse for a relationship. Their sham of a relationship is over. Yeah. Do you know what the other is? Um, The Return of Mary? Yes! Really? This is the first time we have seen this character. What, like, easily my favorite Star Sapphire since Blackest Night ended. This this is the first time she's shown up. Granted, I hate that they made her a psycho bitch, but this, <laughs> like, I love... She made herself a psycho bitch for a reason. Yeah. Still. Still. The Miri we read last time wouldn't have done this. Yeah. But, like, I'm glad that that character is still... <clears throat> kind of in the forefront of somebody's mind. So, like, okay, she didn't fade away. She's going to get used. She might not get used quite right, but she's still going to get used, so I'm I'm happy about that. She does crazy psycho smile and laughter quite well. Yeah, and she's like, like, she's not, like, she, I think she really is psychotic in this, because, like, that page where she sends off all those little gremlins at them, like, the panel before that, she's smiling like happy, and then she just just explodes with demons. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> Have a baby demon. Yeah. And now is there's only one penciler on this, right? Because yeah, Daniel H- H- HDR. 
it looks so different from the last thing we saw him do. I like, know. To- like Tomar. Like, what the fuck happened to Tomar? It's almost like he's he's imitating um he's imitating um what's his name? I don't know. Crap, I forgot. <clears throat> okay. The other guy that's been on Green Lantern Corps. Um, Gleason, Kirkham, Gleason. Yeah, Kirkham, I think. Uh, like that pa- the page right after the two-page Justice League ad, like <laughs> that page there where they're all flying and Kyle's mask is off and he's kind of like, like that looks like the art from like the Subway ad from the last issue. <laughs> <laughs> Which, by the way, awesome Manhunter art in that Subway ad. You should really go <laughs> check it out. I give that a borrow. <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm not really sure what happened with the art in this one over the last one. I mean, the last one, the art was amazing. It was. I don't know if, like, this one... The only thing that I can think is that maybe this art was rushed. What do you mean? I like the art in this one. I don't, like, I don't have any problems with it. Well, it just... It shifts. It's... Like, if you look at the... Like, the beginning of the issue to, like, after that flashback is over to the middle of the issue to the end of the issue, like... It becomes like almost four different art styles. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it honestly, if it was like the only thing that really like I didn't like looking at was like the body of Tomar. He just like it was like he had like he was he's supposed to be like this lanky bird fish thing, and he's walking around like he's like a big buff Dale Eaglesham drawn body, and it's like what? What the hell? Is, I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, if you want to see like a two page fight about the whether or not their relationship was whatever, go to thecomicforums.com and look for the thread started by Jim called, like, Kyle Saw Jade Y or something like that. Yeah. Register so you can agree with me. <laughs> uh, read it so you can agree with me. Have so, common sense so you can agree with me. Yeah, we all wanted Kyle and Sora, well... A lot of us wanted Kyle and Sora to break up, but was this issue really necessary? I mean, really? No. Did it break them up? No. It, this was... <laughs> and it was. <laughs> this definitely seemed like filler to me. I don't... I don't... I... It's... It kind of does, but at the same time, like... Like, I... Just like with the last one, like, I'm glad to see just these little stories about Green Lanterns just kind of doing random done-in-one stuff somewhere in space. Yeah, but, I mean, (laughs) this is kind of pointless and long, you know, just for the sake of breaking them up. Yeah, well, I mean, look, would you rather... I mean, we'll talk about Emerald Warriors in an episode or two. Would you rather have, have, like, just a completely, like, mindless mission issue, or would you rather have something like this, which is... You know, like it or not, this is character progression for these two people. This is more like character regression. <laughs> no, no, it's not. They're taking some. They 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 exposed a secret that's pushing them in a direction. Well, to think, I mean, think about it. They had to deal with it at some point because someone out there is going to be like, "So we're going to deal with this Kyle and Sora thing at some point," and. Plus, you got a series coming up where Kyle's supposed to be alone in space with a bunch of other lanterns of different colors. Yeah, and if they so did break they... up before that, she would just move into his apartment and date other dudes. So. <laughs> <laughs> you mean like his one true love? 
Oh yeah, you know, her. She's besides. <laughs> weren't we all like um, kind of hoping that something like this would happen? Yes. I mean, or, or I mean, kind of expecting. Yes. Like like we would get like I said before when we did our DC relaunch news episode, a bunch of bullshit wrap up stories. Well. I mean. This was this was bound to come, and what we were talking about earlier with the oh, let's just save our good stuff for the relaunch, and just kind of tie up whatever loose ends you can with these last few issues. Do whatever the hell you want. Yeah, I I don't see it that way. I don't see the, like I definitely think that the gap between War of the Green Lanterns and Green Lantern number one gave them the space they needed to fill. But I think this like what we got right here was going to happen regardless. It might have just like. Like I no, I don't even feel like they stretched it out to fill the issue. I think they had like an issue's worth of stuff to do. You know, this like if you really wanted to, you could have cut Tomar out of it and saved like three or four pages, but like I mean they, like I thought Tomar was the best part. <laughs> yeah, me too. I liked him. <laughs> don't cut uh, him out, he's cool. <laughs> fine, see, then they did need it. They did need he, a whole other He like, figured it all out. Yeah. And he would figure it all out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean I think I, unless I'm remembering wrong, like the fact that the fact of um, uh, Kyle not actually seeing her in the tiara, that wasn't introduced right away. That came like a little bit later. And up till that point, we thought, oh yeah, no, they're just in love. They're just doing a shitty job of writing them in love. Well, but like the fact, like you, the fact that they did, like eventually, like they put that in there meant, like, okay, that's going to explode someday. <laughs> Like, you don't introduce that out of nowhere and then just don't do anything with it. It's so, like, the fact that this issue happened was a foregone conclusion, you know? What you call it? Um, the one thing that, I'm, that I'll add is that while... What you call it? Uh, Miri says that she was there at the start <coughs> of their, you know, their love. Mm-hmm. So, and she, and she makes also a reference about how uh, love being uh, born on the battlefield, you know, needed to be saved or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, the fact that it didn't, like, you know, slowly lead up to them falling in love, mm-hmm. you know, and them just kind of like, you know, falling in love right then and there. You know, Miri, she says, it's like, you know, yours is a love worth saving. Now, yes, but Jim, Miri's okay. fucking crazy now. Okay. She, she's knocked over a city and lit it on fire. No, no. And I, and I, she's I, at the other end of an emotional spectrum and probably more controlled. Well, I, I agree with all of that. However, the fact of the matter remains is that the ring that she wears is love. And if you wear a love ring, you can sense love. How, in however varying a degree, and you can say that it was based on a lie. Um, it was. You, yeah, it was, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can say that it was based on a lie, but regardless of anything else, then there were feelings there. So regardless of it being based on a lie, it's not like <laughs> the relationship was just a complete sham the entire time. That was. My last point on this er, is because, you know, when you guys, because this was before I was on the show, before you guys, when you talked about Mary, 
one of your favorite things, I think, for both of you, was the way she did constructs. Yeah. So what do you guys think about the way this new HDR guy is continuing that with the the tentacles and the the little wisps everywhere? I think the like the wispy beam stuff is consistent with how the star sapphire energy is portrayed generally. And I, I like how um how um <laughs> I like how she sends out a swarm of demonic cupids. That's kind of a, a cute nod to love. <laughs> but yeah, that's all right. Nothing special, nothing bad. Yeah. Yeah, well, especially when he redraws the panels where uh, they see each other in the crystal, or he, she sees Kyle and he sees Jade. Yeah. All the yeah. Way. Yeah. Especially, yeah, and like when Kyle's getting drawn into that vortex, it's like it's like tendrils wrapping around him, kind of like like love's got you, you know. Tugging on the heartstrings. Ooh. <laughs> it's it's like the whole uh, the whole kind of ambiguous kind of foreboding, you know, like yeah, love's a positive thing, but not really, you know. It's kind of like the whole uh, the whole like well, yeah, it's love, but it's actually is a big scary dinosaur called the predator, you know. <laughs> okay. Five issues. Done. It only took us two hours. That's pretty much par for the course for us. James will edit it down to, like, an hour and 50 minutes. <laughs> He'll edit it down <laughs> to a half hour. Well, before I forget, because I just thought of it, we didn't cover it in the last issue of War of the Green Lanterns. Where did the entities go? Hmm. <laughs> as far away from Oa as they could get. <laughs> <laughs> I think the more important question is, where the hell is Hector Hammond? Yeah. Damn it. I like to think Krona just left him on a moon or something. <laughs> He's probably still in the book, and since Kyle didn't realize that he was in the book, didn't throw him <laughs> popping out. <laughs> well, hell, maybe, uh, maybe they could answer that in a uh, Jeff Johns written, Doug Monkey drawn, villain spotlight issue all about Hector Hammond. <laughs> I would love it. Hector Hammond, the Christmas episode, the Christmas issue. <laughs> Try, he's trying to get his big fat head down the chimney. <laughs> we're done. I think yeah. we're done. Are we done? Yeah. Any, any any news that needs to be said? Oh, probably. Yeah, but <laughs> any any, any um, ideas anybody had that they wanted to announce this episode? Um, we'll wait till next episode. Really? After all that? Yeah. I hate you. <laughs> I just I just do. <laughs> do, do you want to do it now? Just uh, do it now so we can get it out of the way. We might as well. We expected this episode to be long as shit anyways. Yeah, do your dumb thing. Just go. <laughs> okay. Um, like to announce a contest. Uh, we are calling this one the 3D Fandom Contest. Uh, the, the concept behind this contest is that we want to see your fandom of Green Lantern. And we want to see it in three dimensions. Now, I mean, obviously, you, you take a photo of it, so the photo will only be in two dimensions. But uh, it's flawed from the get-go. <laughs> unless you have one of those 3D phones or uh, a 3DS mm -hmm. where that can take 3D photos. Um, but it can't upload 3D photos. So <laughs> son of a bitch. Kind of point, it's kind of pointless. <laughs> Jim. Damn it, Chad. Jim. Yeah. 
what does show your fandom in 3D mean? What what that means is that you can use any medium you like. You can use clay. You can use mashed potatoes. You can use construction paper and tape. We want you to construct something, be it a Green Lantern symbol, a character, um, a power battery, um, whatever you like. Something that shows that you're a fan of Green Lantern, and it has to be in three dimensions. Um, Question. Yes. Does it have to be from scratch? Because there might be some people out there who will see a cool figure and go, I could customize that. A custom action figure is absolutely sounds good to me. If you have uh, <laughs> if you have a Green Lantern symbol like sculpted into your hair, because <laughs> that's going to give depth to your hair, um, nice. that's fine. But, okay, for for those of you, who, if you decide to do a Green Lantern customized figure, I don't think it's fair to judge it based on the figure. It has to be judged on the customization of the figure. So make sure you do detailed up close shots of what you customized. Well, we're not going to. <laughs> award this prize based on um, the talent of the person that that did the work. Um, you know, because you have some people that are amazing sculptors, and you have somebody that just wants to play with his mashed potatoes and take a photo. Um, <laughs> but, you know, like... I think Jim wants mashed potatoes for dinner. Now I do. I have to eat, at, and I'm going to eat after this, too. Yeah. Thanks. Make yourself some mashed potatoes. <laughs> Sculpt it into a Green Lantern symbol and upload the photo. I will. I'm going to win. Hey, what will they win? Chad, what will, what are they going to win? They're going to win a archive edition of Green Lantern, the very first archive edition of the Silver Age Green Lantern. It should. Jim, do you have it in front of you? Does it tell you what issues it has? I do not. Uh, it. Yeah, it's probably like about ten issues or so, and it starts with uh, showcase, showcase number twenty-two. Uh, does all three of the showcase appearances and probably the first five to seven issues or so of the original Green Lantern series. These are those like really expensive hardcovers that you always see at comic shops but never buy because they're like seventy-five dollars each. <laughs> and it used to be mine. I didn't read it that much at all, uh, probably once, so it's in good condition. Uh, I just got rid of it just because uh, they're not going to be making these archive editions anymore, and they released the Green Lantern Omnibus. So I just figured, to heck with it, and uh, decided to offer it up as a prize. Now, this is in full color, and it's hardcover. And it was, Full color, hardcover. And it was owned, it was previously owned by a co-host of the Lantern Cast. So, I mean, you can't really go wrong. It. I didn't sign it, but you can go ahead and use this uh, whole episode <laughs> as a way of verifying that in case I ever become valuable to somebody someday. But if you didn't sign it, then how will they know that that was the issue? Chad, you have to lick part of it and then cover that part with tape so it'll have your <laughs> DNA in there. <laughs> Send me some hair of yours, and... <laughs> no, don't do that. Everybody out, everybody, send Jim clumps of hair. So, <laughs> send me hair in a 3D format. <laughs> People are going to walk up to you at the next Super Show and just hand you bags of hair, and it's going to be amazing. No, please, no, not that at all. 
<laughs> so, like, oh, God. No, <laughs> so do do something in 3D that shows that you're a fan of Green Lantern. Take a photo of it and either email it to us, uh, lanterncast.gmail.com, or post it to the forum, post it to the Facebook page, uh, whatever you want. And uh, we will compile all of the entries and we will randomly pick a winner for the, uh, <laughs> the hardcover archive edition. Um, now, this contest is not going to be running long. Um, nope. Okay, this contest is only going to run for a little over a week once they hear this episode. Jeez. Um, yeah. The <laughs> deadline is the 21st of September, which means that when the next episode comes out, you will have basically like a day reminder to get your entries in, and then that's it. The contest <laughs> is over. So do it quick. Um, you know, come up with something fun, creative, send the picture in, and you're entered. And you could win a pretty awesome prize. So that's our contest. Gotcha. Yay! Yay! <coughs> okay. Okay. All right. Good. <laughs> Gotta say, this idea sounds significantly less shitty when I hear it out loud. <laughs> uh, nice. Awesome. <clears throat> I guess it's better than the alternative. <laughs> Jim in text is like, oh, God, kill me. No, okay. <laughs> Kidding. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, I guess we're done. Yeah. Are we? Can you believe people missed this? Wow. <laughs> yeah, like, a lot. Man. Yeah. We're just gonna go ahead and uh, pretend Elseworlds never happened. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Oh. You want me to be on that one for you when you redo it? Oh, <laughs> Do you need me to help? God. Oh, how you can take Red Sun and get that out. Jesus Christ. Oh. I was preparing for a hurricane. I think we're paying for a hurricane. Chad's state and probably house are on fire right now. Okay. <laughs> I would, wait. We we were I, we were preparing for a hurricane, and we only decided to do that episode like what a day or two That's before. Pretty much. So yeah, <laughs> it's like I somehow thought that magically time was going to rearrange itself. So that I would have time to reread it. And oh, yeah, no, that's reasonable. Never happened at all. Um, <clears throat> surprise. Plus, I couldn't figure out if we were going to review the whole thing or just the Green Lantern bits. You know. I didn't really have any idea how we were going to approach that review. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Although, I think we did a decent job of the Green Lantern aspects. Yeah, yeah. I think so. Yeah, no, that wasn't bad. But, uh, no, I mean, I think sometime in the future... We can, uh, you know, do an Elseworld 6.5 and actually review the rest of the book and actually do it some justice. Yes, yes, do that. <laughs> and we'll that. do it. We'll we'll do it to prolong our <laughs> our. Uh, <laughs> we don't have to review Dragon Lord just that much longer. <laughs> oh God! We can just re-review everything from the first six episodes. <laughs> <laughs> The Dragon Lord episode is going to be about, like, you know, 12 seconds long. It's like, it sucked! The end. <laughs> <laughs> Man. Uh, 
Actually, that might be our most downloaded episode. <laughs> Why is this one only 12 seconds long? <laughs> Finally, no, no. these guys go on forever. I'm just listening to this one. <laughs> uh, uh, but I need to finish Mosaic. Yeah, you really do. Yeah, I do. Stuff well, happened. Okay. You got like two issues left. Okay, well, okay. Dan's not the only one behind. People, I promise. Larfley's report's coming. Oh, yeah, you did that what one. What the hell's a Larfley's report? <laughs> Who's Larfley's? <laughs> it's um, coming. And I think I'm just going to hop into it and do whatever from the most recent episode of previews. There's too much of a backlog to do another one of those other episodes. Oh, God, like, yeah, on an yeah, everything that's happened with Green Lantern Lee in the last eight months. Awesome. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. <clears throat> ah, we'll get there. Yeah. Someday. Okay. Okay, folks. Uh, if you want to email us, lanterncast at gmail.com. The website is lanterncast.com. We all have our own email addresses at lanterncast.com. Jim, Dan, Chad, Jason, James. Uh, if you want to go to other forums, uh, that's there's a link right on the webpage, or we're at thecomicforums.com. Scroll on down to Lanterncast. Uh, also on the webpage, we have a Twitter account. Um, and a Facebook page link. And uh, you can download us on iTunes. You can leave us a review. That would be awesome. If you'd like to leave us a voicemail, which uh, that would be really cool. Um, are, are we up to date on voicemails? I no. can't imagine. <laughs> no. No? No. Okay. I had, a, I had like a folder of all the voicemails that we haven't gotten to yet, like before the hiatus. And I guess I deleted it or something, but <laughs> I don't know. Like, well, I'll have to go back through the backlog. Okay, well, um, how about this? If you are reading the the new DC Universe, uh, any of the new new books, <clears throat> JLA 1, Green Lantern 1, anything that has to do with Green Lantern, or really anything that has to do with the reboot, <clears throat> and you want to give us your thoughts, you can uh, leave us a voicemail at 708 Lantern. Uh, just spell out the letters for Lantern, and that's our phone number. You don't know the numbers. No, I don't. Hey, when we get the reboot uh, issues of Green Lantern, are we doing all those number ones, those four number ones in one episode? I think, I think I we hope should. So. Okay, well then in that case, send those voicemails in, and we'll play them on that episode telling you, you tell us what you think is going to happen, what you're looking forward to about those issues, and we'll play it on that episode. Sounds awesome. Cool. Okay. Good night, everybody. <laughs> Peace out. Good night. Good night, Moon. Bye. Good night. What? Good night, Magic Bye. Chalk Lord. What? <laughs> huh? Bye. 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 I, I, Bye. I'm just gonna talk over. I, this is gonna be a new thing. We just talk over each what? other. What? What do you think? To hell with you. <laughs> what? Uh, cursing. When is it going to stop? Did you say cursing? Yes. <laughs> cursing, cursing. Ah, bad my words. ears, my ears, my 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 innocent ears. Oh, bad words, cursing. I don't think the music started yet. Oh. <laughs> we we're gonna earn that explicit tag with that cursing. Oh man. Do we have one? I don't even know. No, we don't. We, we should have one should for we? a couple of those episodes. Not ever. Because <laughs> I'm not going to stop doing it. <laughs>
can we can we unbleep some of Lauren's appearances? Do we have the little tape? I think that we have the technology to do that. <laughs> Barely have the technology to contain her. <laughs> we should just record her saying random cuss words and insert them back into her dialogue. I wanted to do that once. I seriously, I was, I wanted to do something like that. I don't remember exactly, but I was like, Jim, listen to me. We have to have this happen. It didn't happen. And I think we have our bloopers for after the episode. What um, bloopers? <laughs> he's not going to put this in the end. He's just going to let it go, and then after we're done, he's going to start the music. Like The music's going to start, like, right now. See? I can hear it fading in. No, no, no. Oh, he's you... going to put, like, crickets after a pause, and then... I have crickets in the background. Listen! <laughs> They're real! He's going he's gonna to put in better-sounding, like, virtual crickets. Oh. He's going to, like... There'll be high-def crickets and, like... Like... Okay. Shut up! <laughs> Hello? Are we, still, are we still recording? Yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, oh, awesome. Okay, we're done. Bye. So long. Bye. 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 Good night. Bye. Good morning. Good night. Hello, Bye. future people. Bye.